So I was a bit nervous and a bit afraid, but I didn't let that define what was happening. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business mindset and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. And the reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So let's talk about something that I learned about myself this week, because I think a lot of people go through this exact same pattern, but they just don't follow through, which is why they don't grow, why they don't learn, and why they don't get the results that they want. When I was younger, I used to do a bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I used to, I guess I was into boxing and kickboxing and all that stuff. I boxed from a young age. I think I stopped when I was about 24, I think it was. And so, you know, a lot of my mates have been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We recently had Toby Pierce, who sold his company for $400 million based on the media reports. He came and spoke at our Business Growth Odyssey, and we are just chatting about it, and he's like, mate, you'll love it. Then one of my other mates, Scott, who owns Delicia Cafes, he was also talking, he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he said, mate, you'll love it. Like, you'll just pick up so much from it. It teaches you a lot about yourself, especially, he's like, you know, you're a pretty strong guy. You've got a lot of muscle mass. That's good in a way because you'll be strong, but you can't always use your strength. And so you've got to learn a lot about yourself, especially when you're getting submitted by smaller guys. He's like, it's just a literal mindfuck. Like, you can have a big guy that you submit and you think that you're doing well. And then the next second, there's this little guy who's climbing all over your back and chokes you out. He said, it's just, it's a real minefield. And he said when he was going through and when he first started, he was doing all right for a while, but he just couldn't get past one of his belts to go to the next belt. And so he said it taught him a lot about himself because he was getting really frustrated. He wanted to give up. He just couldn't do what he normally does, which is just consistently work harder. He had to learn a lot about himself, like working smarter, but also... He said it taught him how to humble himself quite a bit as well. And I shouldn't use the word humble because that means to be submissive. So I've really wanted to get back into it for a while because a lot of my friendship circle have been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a fair while. And I kept putting it off just because we had so much going on in the business. We had so much going on with events. And it's very, very hard to start something when, you know, I've got an event in three days or whatever. And we're just working absolutely flat out to try and get everything set up and prepped and prepared. Our last Thrive Time event finished last Sunday. And so Monday is normally my recovery day because I'm absolutely cooked after talking for four days straight, especially you know from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. for the first three days and then 10 till six on the fourth day. So I took the day off and then it came Tuesday and I'd already committed to going and doing jujitsu. So the first thing that happened was on Tuesday morning, I was a bit excited because I'm like, yes, so I'm going to do this. And as the day progressed, I noticed that in my mindset, my mind started then talking a whole bunch of dump where, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should start on Thursday, you know, like maybe I'm just a bit tired still from yesterday and the weekend. And so the excuses started coming up. I sat there and I thought, wow, this is interesting. I've committed in my own head that I'm going to do it Tuesday. I booked it in my calendar. I know that I'm going to do it, but still my brain kicks in all the what ifs. You know, what if I get there and, you know, the guys and girls that are there are just all idiots. You know, what happens if I don't fit in? What happens if, and so my brain just kept going through all these like what if scenarios. And yeah, I just found it really interesting that my brain would actually do that. And then as I'm getting ready in the afternoon to get ready to go, and it started off with a gi 
session. So that's where you wear that white thing with the belt. Whereas like last night I did no gi. But my brain was like, well, I don't have a gi. So therefore, you know, maybe I shouldn't go, you know, maybe I should get a gi first. And then I knew that one of my friends or one of the guys who follows me on social media, he was the one that kept hitting me up and saying, you need to come down and have a roll because he lives just around the corner and the jujitsu place is just around the corner. So I told him that I'd be there on Tuesday, but I was like, oh, I don't have a gi, you know? And so again, it's all these excuses kept popping up in my head, trying to figure out a way of staying comfortable. And so anyway, I got in the car, I start driving down the road to go there and my brain is still going like, yeah, but what if, what if, what if? It just kept hammering me with excuses. You know, like you're a bit tired, you haven't really eaten since lunchtime, you know, you're gonna get there and you're probably not gonna be able to do the best that you can. And it was just like excuse after excuse. And I just kept driving, I didn't even acknowledge it because I knew that it was my brain just trying to stay safe. It was my brain trying to stay comfortable and it was my brain just trying to do what it had always done. And it really made me think to a lot of the people who come and do our Thrive Time event or a lot of people who are listening to this podcast or even people who reach out and say that they wanna grow their business and want to be part of our business growth odyssey, the 12 month mastermind that we run. You know, we get good results and we back up our results. Like we give a 100% money back guarantee. So there's no reason for someone not to do it. Like if you wanna grow your business, there's no reason not to do it because what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna sit there for three days, learn absolutely not a thing. And then from there, you're gonna walk away and get your money back. Okay, cool, that's the worst case scenario. Let's say an average scenario, you come along, you sit around a whole bunch of other growth-driven business owners, you learn from them, you pick up two or three things that you could implement in your business, and now you're already doing a bit better. So does it pay for itself? Maybe. Now let's say best case scenario. Well, I just got a message last night from Riley, who is one of our business growth odyssey. He said since starting, he's put up $5 million on his business, and that's six months ago. So the growth is astronomical if it all works out. Now that's not typical of everybody in there. There are some people in there who have been putting on millions in their business since they started. You got guys like Adam who he owns All Gen Solutions. He started off, I think about $800,000 turnover 12 months ago. He's got three and a half million dollars in turnover now. And then he's got another $5 million in the pipeline ready to rock and roll. He just doesn't have the staff to be able to grow the business as quick as what he really wants to. So he could push that to a $10 million business next year in the first two years. So these are some of the results that we're getting in there. So like if you look at that from a worst case scenario to best case scenario situation, and they are best case scenarios, other people in there are growing by a couple hundred thousand a year. And some people are just consolidating, like they've gone through a massive growth phase and now they're putting in all the structures, all the foundations because they've grown a lot, but it requires a lot of time capital. So those people as well come to that event because they need to, I guess, build more structure, infrastructure in the business because they realize they're not getting the time away from the business that they want. The growth doesn't always come from the financial growth. It comes from the systems and the infrastructure and laying the foundations, which sometimes can take 12 to 24 months. But then from there, you can grow to the next pillar. And the business isn't so reliant on you because you put in management teams, you put in leadership teams, you've got better process. And so that's how you grow to the next level, but also you free up your time a little bit more. This is the best and worst case scenario. So what it did was it made me really understand why so many people say that they want to do things, but don't do it. You know, those people who send me messages on Instagram and Facebook and say, hey, I'm keen to come and do one of your events or I'm keen to grow my business. Then they send me their phone number. I try to give them a call and they dodge it and they don't answer. And, you know, or some people go, yep, 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 I'm keen. Give me a call back tomorrow. Like I'm ready to rock and roll. And then you chase them for three to four months and they don't do it. Because I understand like from what happened in my brain yesterday, and you could call me a black belt in human behavior, I could see how much my brain was trying to keep me safe and keep me comfortable and keep me doing the same things that I'd always done. Now, if I didn't have the commitment 
As in like, if I didn't just go, you know what, I know that I've already committed to going. If I didn't make that commitment to myself and stay true to that commitment, I probably wouldn't have gone. And if I was all sloppy in my commitments, which I'm normally not, and that's because I've realized over the years that if you're sloppy in your commitments and you're like, oh, I should go to the gym on Monday, you probably won't go. I had someone the other day who sent me a message and they said they had to cancel a meeting with me and they said, I'll try to do something next week. Now, I knew straight away when they use the word try, like I'll try to get something in next week, they're probably not going to because it's a non-commitment. So when people try to do shit, it's a non-commitment. When someone says I'm going to do it, that's a commitment. So I knew that I had committed to going on Tuesday, so I stayed committed to that thing. Even today, I've woken up, I've got some sore calves, but I'm committed to going for a run because I know that I've been working on my running, I've been working on my fitness, and so because of that, I've committed to doing it, so I'm just gonna do it. So if I've gotta drop the pace or I've gotta drop the intensity, then that's what has to happen. And that's how I normally go through my workouts. You know, every day I don't walk into the gym and feel like today's gonna be the best workout ever, but most people want everything that they do to be at 100% all the time because they're all or nothing. And all or nothing thinking is a very fundamental way of thinking. So most people wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity, the perfect weather, the perfect planets to align. And really all they're doing is they're just looking for a way out. They're just looking for an excuse. That's all they're doing. Because the more data and the more information that you give them, normally the more ways there are of trying to get out of doing something. Whereas when you just commit to doing something and you go, right, I'm gonna do it, I'm committed to doing it, let's rock and roll. Once a person does that, they start getting results. Now, they can't always do things at 100%. And this is what you know I've learned over, the, especially the last couple of years with exercising. Back in the old days, I would want to go to the gym for two reasons. I'd want to go to the gym because it was the perfect day. I would feel great. I'd wake up. Let's rock and roll. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling good about the day. Let's go to the gym. And then the other time was I ate shit all weekend. I feel like crap. I feel like I'm getting fat. Now I need to go to the gym. Now, those two things are a big pendulum swing. That pendulum will keep swinging back and forward. But on days where things started going well and I'm starting, you know, I'm at about 70%, my brain would kick in and go, ah, you know, you're not feeling 100%. You've got a bit of a headache. Maybe you're a little bit tired. You know, just take the day off. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could probably do that. And so you start negotiating with yourself. And it's those negotiations with yourself that probably are fucking up your life. And you've got to stop doing that. You know, yesterday I was working with a client. He's come to me after knowing about me for two or three years. I'm working with him privately. So he's, you know, paying me five or $6,000 a day to work with me, 10 and a half grand, I think it is for the two days. But anyway, we're working together yesterday. And when we're at lunch, he said, mate, do you know if I'd been here, and this is cutting the story quite short, but he said, do you know if I'd come to you two years ago, I would have saved myself $2.1 million. And he said a million dollars in legal fees and $2 million that I've had to give my ex-wife because he would have probably saved my marriage. And he said, we knew about you two to three years ago. But he said, to be honest, when our friends told us about you and doing mindset work and working on this sort of shit, he said, I thought you were a fucking lunatic and I thought you were a fucking scammer. And then he said, and then now looking back at it from what you've taught me today already, he said, I've already got my values worth, but I also know that if I'd come to you two years ago, I would have saved $2.1 million because I would have saved my marriage and shit wouldn't have fallen apart. And he said, not only that, now I've got to deal with courts, having kids grow up without both parents being together. And he said, I don't know what impact that would have. And he said, you know, I was pretty ignorant and pretty stupid because I just thought you're a motivation mindset guy. And he said, that's not what I've picked up today from working with you. From what most people see online, it's actually different when you come to our Thrive Time or our other events, because I really go deep into human behavior, human psychology, optimizing your performance, taking away a lot of the barriers that are holding you back. And it's stuff that most people don't talk about. Like you won't hear the stuff that I go through, like Sigmund Freud's original work with the ego, the in the super ego and so on. You won't go through that work to really understand how your psyche works and how it creates polarities, emotional imbalances, 
and how implanted values from others really just crush you and stop you from making good decisions, which affects if you're a business owner, you know, you can be losing millions of dollars a year just in the lost ability to make good decisions. So anyway, it really gave me good perspective on why most people don't do what they say that they want to do. And it's just because they allow themselves to negotiate with their brain. And it's nothing like people act as though their brain is separate to themselves from working with a lot of clients coming to Thrive Time and one-on-one. A lot of people disassociate themselves. So when they talk, they won't say I, it'll normally be like, they'll say things like, we need to do something. So in their business, they'll go, yeah, we really need to do something. Instead of saying, I need to do something in my business. It's the owner's business, right? They make the final decision. So when they say we, they're allowing that decision to be made by multiple people. Now, there are a lot of business owners who are probably listening to this. And when they make decisions, they say, I've got to go and talk to my partner. Well, once you do that, you're already fucked because there's one leader in the business. Now, if your partner is managing the finances, essentially that person is the leader. If you're the leader, then you make decisions. That's how business works. And if not, it stalls the growth of the business. And this is why councils take way longer to do anything than someone who is just a leader. Because if you're a leader, you can make a decision, you can change, you can pivot, you can move, and you can do it quick so you can learn fast and you can adapt and change. When you're in a council, you've got to go there, you've got to worry about everyone's feelings, you've got to worry about everyone's opinions, you've got to think through stuff, and everything just stalls. It's so fucking slow. You go from being a high performer to an absolute slug. And you've already heard me talk about slugs on this podcast. And so a lot of people want their business to grow fast, but at the same time, they're a slug because they want to get everything okay, you know, because they want to be able to blame someone. When things don't work, they want to be able to blame somebody else. So it's just a lot of people aren't the best at decision-making because they allow themselves to negotiate with each other. The Brazilian jiu-jitsu thing really brought that up for me. And funny enough, so I went to the gi trading Tuesday night, absolutely loved it. Everyone was great. And so last night, I was really looking forward to going again. Get in the car, I start driving down. Actually, it was before this. I got changed later on in the afternoon. I just finished with the client. I had to do some paperwork and so on. And then I go to go get ready, and my brain's now starting to negotiate again because I had a bit of a headache. I was tired. I'd worked most of the day. I was probably calorie deficient as well, like I hadn't eaten enough throughout the day. And so my brain starts kicking and negotiating, like you're not going to be able to train well because... You haven't eaten enough today, so maybe you just shouldn't go. You've got a headache. You're a bit tired. You know, maybe you're better off just chilling on the couch and having a night off. And so my brain brought up all this stuff and I was like, hang on. Nah, I'm going. Get in the car. I start driving down there and my brain starts negotiating even more. It's, you know, come on, man. Like, just could probably take the night off. Like, it'd be awesome to just sit on the couch, grab a pizza. You know, you haven't had enough calories today anyway. What's a pizza? Like, just get a pizza. You know, you haven't spent time with Jess this week enough. So maybe, you know, it's probably a good night to just chill on the couch, like you could just take the night off. Anyway, I just kept driving. I got into the car park and as I'm parking, I was still thinking about, you know what? I could still just drive out the car park and go back home. And I noticed that my brain was doing it. It was this negotiation. And so I just grabbed my bag and I walked in there. And once I was in there, that was it, I was done. Once I stepped onto the mats, it's go time. It's ready to rock and roll. But I just find it really fascinating that my brain did that. I also know that most people listening to this allow themselves to negotiate with their own brain and it's your brain. They're not separate. Like those two voices inside your head aren't separate from you. They are you. So you just tell it to shut up and you just do what you've got to do. And I think if you're a business owner out there and you're stalling on doing stuff to grow, then you're negotiating with your dreams and you're negotiating with your goals. If you're somebody else out there who's listening and maybe you're not a business owner and you're listening to this stuff, where do you do this shit in your own life? Like, is it, and this is also for business owners as well. Do you negotiate with yourself about going to the gym? Do you negotiate with yourself about alcohol and drinking or drugs? Do you negotiate with yourself in regards to spending time with loved ones or spending time with family members? Do you negotiate with yourself on all of your goals? Like, is this a common pattern that you have? 
If it is, just remember, once you commit, you just do it and follow through with it. Don't allow those excuses to pop up because your brain is only trying to keep you safe. It's a safety mechanism that you have to just stay in that zone that you call your comfort zone. It's not really your comfort zone, it's just what you're familiar with. And so familiarity creates comfort. And this is why when people say, you know, I wanna grow my business so that I can be comfortable, you're a fucking lunatic. And here's why. Because if comfort comes from familiarity, and familiarity is doing what you already know, then if you keep doing what you already know, you can't be growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not expanding, you're contracting. So in any area of life, when you're comfortable in that area, you are getting close to the shit hitting the fan because life will force you to grow. So if you don't become the growth-driven person in your own life, in every area of life, get ready to be absolutely hammered with problems, pain, stress, and suffering. And that's exactly like that client yesterday. You know, they got told about this stuff, decided to stay in their comfort zone, made a whole bunch of excuses as to why they couldn't come and see me to work with me. And then it ends up now that they're gonna to have to pay their ex-partner $2 million, and they've also got $100,000 in legal fees, and they still haven't sorted it out yet, so it might be even more. That same person, if they'd just done something different, which made them uncomfortable, potentially they would have saved that $2.1 million. And so for most people out there, just remember comfort equals familiarity. Familiarity is doing the same stuff that you're already doing and the same stuff you already know. And so if it's got you the results that you want, then cool, just chill out and do nothing. But at the same time, if you've got goals, dreams, you've got a big mission or visions keep popping up in your head to say, go do more, go be more, go achieve more, then you have to get uncomfortable because you have to do things that you're non-familiar with in order to create that growth. Because stress creates growth and pressure creates expansion. So if you're not expanding and growing, you're dying and contracting, you don't want that. So embrace the pressure, embrace the stress, allow yourself to do something different because it's probably going to be the thing that's gonna help you to grow to the next level. Now, by me doing that, does that help with my confidence? 100% because I know that if I had given up there, it would have smashed my confidence. If I'd stayed home, it would have smashed my confidence because I would have sat there in my head that night going, you piece of shit, you should have gone, you should have done this, and blah, blah, blah. And I would have self-talked to myself and in a depreciating way. So depreciation, essentially, if you think about money depreciating or your car depreciating, it's going down in value. When you appreciate yourself, so after I got home from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I walked in last night, Jess had some dinner there already for me, I made my food with whatever was there, and sat on the couch and I was like, awesome, I feel really good about myself because I had done something that made me uncomfortable. I'd pushed into a new realm. I had expanded into learning some stuff about myself and now I'm ready to rock and roll. That built my self-worth. It gave me more value. And so the more you keep doing things that make you uncomfortable and stepping into the zones of unfamiliarity and you keep growing towards your goals, your mission, even though it's uncomfortable, the more you do that, the greater the self-worth. So self-worth doesn't come like, there's all this shit out there about building self-confidence. You can't build self-confidence unless you're doing things that make you uncomfortable. So self-confidence isn't something that you have or don't have. It's something that you grow into or something that you build. And so if you keep submitting to those voices inside your own head and you make excuses and you justify and you give up on things, then don't be surprised if your self-worth is hammered. If you're someone who goes out there and goes, I'm committing to growing my business or I'm committing to changing my life or I'm committing to bettering myself or I'm committing to my mindset or I'm committing to my relationship, then there's no negotiation. It's just that this is what it is. Does that always work? Fuck no, I give up on stuff all the time. I say I'm gonna do things and I don't do things, but I try to limit that as much as I can because I know that the more that I do that, the more it's gonna smash my self-worth. If I'm doing it, normally I'll do it for a short period of time. So I was explaining to this client yesterday that in his mind, there was like this all or nothing where you either just do things all the time and everything works or you don't. 
And that's not how life is. You'll go for a period of time where you'll be doing really, really well, and then your mindset will play around with you a little bit. But what it does is it forces you to grow and step up and do things better. And so if you work with that over time, I call it the refractory period. It's like falling off your push bike. Some people fall off their push bike and it takes them six months to get back on the push bike. If you fall off the push bike and you're well developed, you just get back on the push bike. So everybody falls off the bike and that happens whether it's going to the gym, it happens whether it's your nutrition, your eating, it happens in business all the time in different areas. You say you're going to do things and you don't. But how quick do you get back on the bike after you fall off? That's the key thing. You know, if you don't go to the gym for a day, it doesn't matter, right? Okay, I get it. Maybe you committed and didn't go. Maybe there were some other reasons or some other circumstances. Cool. But don't leave it for six months now and not go back to the gym. Just go tomorrow. And then don't keep beating yourself up. Like, cool, you learned what you needed to learn from that thing. So if I don't go to the gym for whatever reason, maybe I was too busy that day. I stop, I grab my journal, I reflect on it. I look at it and I go, okay, what did I need to learn today? And maybe it's just that I didn't prioritize my time effectively. So I can do that better tomorrow. What I've found most people do is they beat the living shit out of themselves and go, I always fuck up. I always give up on things. You know, it's probably because I'm not good enough. It's probably because my dad told me I wasn't going to get anywhere. It's probably because a teacher at school said this. And so they just go back and they try and find all these stories that they attach meaning to this scenario that aren't even there. Like you not going to the gym yesterday has nothing to do with your childhood and nothing to do with you being a piece of shit or the teacher telling you're not good enough or your dad rejecting you when you're a child. It has nothing to do with that. You just didn't go to the fucking gym. So now the question is why? Let's go back. Let's reflect on just that. Let's not bring in all these other bullshit stories and try and attach them because that's how people destroy their fucking lives. And I hear it all the time. And right now in society, we have this whole like victim glorifying society where it's like, if you keep making bad decisions in your life, that's okay because everyone will support you. And it's the reason why you're a fucking dropkick now, 30 years or 40 years later is because of your parents when you were younger and you know, they did bad things and whatever. Okay, cool. So you've spent 40 years repeating the same pattern of just being a loser. That's not cool. So stop being a loser. Like the day you don't want to be a loser is the day you stop being a loser and you realize that you're something different. Everyone's got shit that happened in the past, but you can't keep dragging that crap into the future. So stick to what the actual problem is. Try not to attach stories and meanings to it because once you do that, it's just going to throw you into a ball of mental and emotional chaos and self-destruction. And it's not fair. It's not fair on you because if you're listening to this, you know that you were born to be greater. That's why our community is called the Driven Mofos. If you're listening to this, you're a driven mofo. You're someone who wants better out of yourself. You're someone who wants to do more in life. You're someone who knows you're capable of so much more. That's a driven mofo. You're driven to do more. So don't allow those crazy voices in your head to go and find reasons and justifications as to why you don't do things. Just take it at face value. Yeah, you didn't go to the gym. Cool, get on with it. What do you need to learn from it? Okay, I've got to structure my calendar better. So now let's go through and let's structure my calendar better for the rest of the week so I don't miss gym sessions. Done. Maybe there was something that I was supposed to go to in the business, but other crap came up. Maybe I've got to put in some better systems and some better processes, or maybe I need better management, or maybe I need to communicate with my team more effectively that when these things happen, I need them to do X, Y, and Z. So now you start to build process in the business. These are just the things that help you to grow. Please don't get attached to the meanings behind things. Try not to investigate things too much because a lot of people, especially from what I've noticed, is that most people will ask why. So why didn't I go to the gym? Oh, well, because I always give up. Well, why do I always give up? Oh, because I'm a loser. Well, why am I a loser? Well, because 
my dad told me I wasn't going to get anywhere. Why did your dad tell you you weren't going to get anywhere? Because I just, I fucked up when I was like three years of age. And so because of that, I'm never going to get anywhere in life. Well, none of those things help you to perform better. They don't help you to achieve more. So don't ask why. Ask how. How do I do it better? You know, we get a lot of people who come to the events and they're like, I can't understand why I'm here. And I'm like, what do you mean why you're here? And you're like, well, why are humans here? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Who cares? Like, what are you trying to figure out? Like, have you committed your whole life to trying to study things like biology? If you're a biologist, maybe that's a good question. But if you're an everyday Joe that's just out there and you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to figure out why you're here on this earth, and why humans are here and why, well, you can do that, but do that as a hobby. Don't allow that to consume your life. Because when you keep asking why, what will normally happen is you keep bearing down a rabbit hole and that rabbit hole may have no end. You might be asking an infinite amount of questions for an infinite amount of time in order to figure out an answer that may be infinite. So just go back to how, how can I be better? How can I perform better? How can I stay on track? How can I commit to my goals? And ask how questions instead of why questions. Now, why questions are good when you're trying to figure out your life purpose, but you need to have a skilled practitioner to help with that because most people go to personal development or they go to coaches and they get this why or they watch the Simon Sinek thing about start with why. And so they just keep asking themselves, well, why, why, why am I here? Why, well, you know, why, why, why? But they just don't have the ability to get that information out of themselves without it causing too much chaos. And we get a lot of people who come to Thrive Time who have been trying to find their life purpose for like, 10 or 20 years, I can get out of them in about three minutes. It's a very simple process, but you have to know how to do it. And that's where the skill comes in, you know? And that's why I get paid well, because something that might take someone five years to figure out, I can normally figure out in about three or four minutes. So that's what you're paying for, is you're paying for that time save, you know, which is why I get paid well to do what I do and why I get high level people coming to me. So anyway, Driven Mofos, my point is, from this whole episode, is be careful about how you use your mind Commit to what you really want to commit to and then just get shit done. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in too much craziness because if you do that, your life's just going to end up in chaos, carnage. Your self-worth will get absolutely smashed. Your self-confidence will get smashed. Just figure out what you want. Book it in your calendar or book it in your diary and then get it done. All right, Driven Mofos, hope you're having a great day. If you haven't jumped across to our No BS Business Hacks Facebook group, Jump across there, it's absolutely free. I'm popping information in there quite regularly now. Also, I'm about to launch our brand new Dominate program. It's gonna be Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars. So it's for helping small businesses grow to their first million. I'm gonna be putting in a whole bunch of content in there. It's gonna be a subscription. I'm thinking it's probably gonna be about $140, $150 a month. Something like that, we'll just see what happens when we put it online. But I think it will probably save most business owners anywhere between twenty dollars and $100,000 as they grow their business, especially in lost costs. You know, I remember back in the day where I hired an incorrect marketer, it cost me $100,000. You know, just the mistakes that most business owners make, like not knowing how to budget their money correctly, and then they get hit with a huge tax bill as they start to grow, and then now they've got to come up with $40,000 in the next like month or two in order to pay their tax, and they're in deep shit already. This could be in their first six months to a year of business. You know, it's just these common mistakes that so many business owners make that they're unaware of that cost them a large amount of time, disrupts their mental and emotional energy, and stops them focusing on business growth. And then also as well for most business owners, it really impacts their ability to consistently grow. And so I'm going to go through, I'm going to be talking about marketing, sales, branding, leadership, onboarding new staff, human resources or HR, you know, how do you attract good staff? How do you retain them? How do you make sure you get the right contracts and all that sort of stuff when you're hiring people or when you're onboarding new clients? There's going to be so much in there, marketing, branding, sales, as I mentioned, all of those types of things, plus a fair bit on mindset as well, because the biggest factor that's going to stop most businesses growing is the mindset of the leader. And I've seen it time and time and time and time again. In fact, I was talking to a business owner yesterday and we we're just having a chat and he said, you know, you do charge quite a lot. And I said, no, not really. 
And he goes, well, so if I pay you, let's say $40,000 a year to work with you, that's a lot of money. And I said, not really. And I said, how long does it take you as a business that's doing $10 million a year in turnover? How many decisions does it make to lose $40,000? And he went, oh shit, I never thought of it like that. And he goes, if I hire the wrong person, and let's say I'm there on $80,000, within six months, I can lose straight up, I can lose $40,000. And that's just at an $80,000 wage. That's not all the other shit like superannuation, taxation, you know, staffing problems. Like you put one bad staff member in a business, that there can actually hinder the business massively and not just cost that person's wage, it can also cost the productivity of everybody around them. So it could be easy to lose $100,000 in 12 months. It can also be like for him, he said, if I just order the wrong stuff on the wrong job, I can lose $40,000. And he said, I've done it heaps of times. I've ordered the wrong stuff. I won't say what industry they work in. You know, I can just order the wrong things and there's $40,000 there. And so I said, can you see if you look at it as like $40,000 per year to work with me as a one-on-one and that's my one-on-one rates. That's where I start from. If you're doing a one-year package, you know, they can go right up to $120,000, $150,000. But anyway, Most people, they think about what it costs instead of what it costs them if they don't do it and what they can lose. And so, yeah, that's why I just wanted to make Dominate affordable for everybody. I wanted to be able to get it out there because it is so easy to churn through cash and burn cash in a small startup business because you do make a lot of mistakes and you do have to learn very, very quickly. So anyway, keep your eye out for it. Take care, Driven Mofos. Have an awesome day. Keep crushing it. Also, remember, share this podcast with one person this week. Our numbers keep going up every week. And I really do appreciate each and every one of you for sharing it with your friends, your family on social media. I've been seeing some people sharing some stuff with me that have been popping up on their Spotify saying that this is the number one thing that they listen to this year. So I just want to say a massive thank you. Keep crushing it. Push hard. Stay driven, driven mofos.